Hey y'all, this is Abraham, one half of the Ocean 8 podcast, and I just want to let you know we outside this summer, so that means return to sporting events, concerts, and the like. Lockdown hasn't been easy on the pockets, so ticket prices aren't looking too fun, I feel you on that. But, Megaseats.com offers a solution. Megaseats.com is a third-party reseller. They stand tall on these two things. Zero service fees and free shipping, 100% guarantee. But if that isn't enough, and, and this is the fun part, SSAW has partnered with them to provide you a 10% discount when you enter SSAW Network at checkout. Did you hear me? 10% off on top of zero service fees? Man, you're going to catch me outside this summer for sure. Head over to megaseats.com. Use the code SSAW Network and plan your next outing. We outside this summer, baby. Yo, y'all know what time it is. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of what we like to call Games of the Week. We, yes, I don't know uh, if we, we might have to come with a, a, a fancy yeah, title for it. I don't yeah, care. Anyways, yeah, it, we will. This this is, we'll call this uh, C, no, not season, volume one, episode two of Games of the Week, where we here at the Osa and Abe podcast give you some thoughts analysis on our favorite games of the week that we watched from the past week as well as we're bringing you this week the return of mr watson's neighborhood where our man the mr watson emmanuel gives you his picks of the week some games so y'all listen listen abe can attest to this abe has made a fair buck or two yeah. off of mr watson's picks y'all so pay yeah. attention stay tuned that's coming at the end of the show but in the meantime as we get started what's going on emmanuel what's going on abe man you know it's good no wahala over here no wahala over here so we're happy we're happy um got to hit up the shop the other day over the weekend so i, I got myself uh, uh situated for the first weekend off in a while i decided to take just Saturday and Sunday off just Saturday, I dedicated it to just hanging out with the. Uh, um, I watched a little college football. Yeah, watched a little college football. We'll talk about those games later. And then Sunday was just chilling with the homie and watching all the NFL games. You know, of course, my Rams played in 10 a.m., so I had to catch that. Uh, and it's just been nice to not do anything work related. It was just pure, like, hey, take the time off, enjoy yourself. Oh, man. Uh, actually, had a pretty good weekend. Uh, majority busy. You know, I've been setting up ice for the arena, uh, all the all the prep that's going on. But I, I got a chance to catch some games, uh, some NFL games as well. And I'm uh, and also I'm happy, obviously. With uh, I'm not gonna mention. We probably gonna talk about it later on. Yeah, you know, about my team. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll drop a mention of them for sure. We'll drop a mention. It's deserved. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, in that case, you guys ready? Uh, you guys ready to dive hey, in? Let's, let's hop into this. Let's hop yeah. into this. We're going to talk. First game we're going to talk about from the, the world of college football. I, uh, I came into this game at halftime. I'm just going to say it right now. I came in at mm-hmm. halftime. But immediately, I think it was the second, second drive of the half, I immediately texted Abe and was like, bro, you need to watch yeah. this. I don't know what you're watching right now, but you need to watch this game. Yeah. This is that game right here. We are talking about number one Alabama against number 11 Florida. Final score of the game was 31-29. And that score is indicative of how close that game truly was. I don't know, probably since uh, Clemson beat Alabama a couple seasons ago in the college football national championship game, have I seen Alabama looked this touchable. Florida, yeah, man. Florida was was all in their grill. Florida, the, the reason I texted Abe, y'all, was Florida's, I think, second drive of the half, okay, of the second half, starts off with their kick returner, uh, a muffing a, a kickoff return. He fumbles it, thinks it's going to f- go off into the end zone and be a touchback. Instead, it rolls out of bounds at the one-yard line. Florida starts on their one-yard line. Proceeds to go 11 plays, 99 yards to score on Alabama. Never in my 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 life watching a Nick Saban led Alabama, Nick Saban coached Alabama team have I seen a team go 99 yards against Alabama. Unheard of, ridiculous, and it's not like this is like the best Florida team we've ever seen. I've seen better Florida teams. They went 99 yards against these Alabama boys. Listen, y'all, this was a game. This was a game. Bama, 30, 331 total yards, only 91 yards on the ground. Florida, 440 yards, including 245 yards on the ground. They were having their way on the ground and making big plays when it mattered most. Y'all, what were your takeaways from this game? I'll start with you, Emmanuel. I mean, Alabama, like they really started off strong in terms of how the way they played the game. Bryce Young looked pretty good. And then Florida, they just, they just, they just showed that they're – Man, that resilience in the second half—it goes to show what Nick Saban said in Week One when they uh, beat down the Miami Hurricanes. He feels like there were some things to work on. I think Saban kind of looked far ahead in terms with uh, who they're playing with, the Florida Gators. So, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, I took Bama minus fourteen in this game, but uh, obviously they failed to cover. But um, Big time. Uh, Florida, Big time. They, yeah. So they're definitely um, going to be challenge, challengers in the in the SEC East. But the they came back resilient, and uh, Florida they got some they got some skill guys. Them what they you know them a lot of people that that, that sleeped on them from, from obviously lost uh, Catavius Tony um, in the draft so, and lost some skill guys. But they 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 got some guys on there that people were surprised. I think they, that they could compete with Alabama, but um, I think Florida's here to stay for now. And uh, Bama, um, it to me this this heading down possibly uh, if they if they face Georgia in the SEC uh, championship game, that's going to be a, a a very huge game, and that's going to have some implications down the line in terms of the college football playoff and possibly uh, affect the seeding for a team that gets a national championship. So, yeah, but, I mean, Alabama's a team to beat, but they're not 
the the clear all end all be all because Georgia might have something to say about it down the line. Who knows? Yeah. Um. You you know, guys. Last week we were talking about Bama and saying how everybody is fighting for second place after Bama. Florida said, uh, "Excuse me, <laughs> like is Bama is not a guarantee." Um. Like you mentioned before, the numbers were you, you just look at the paper. If you didn't watch the game at all and you looked at the paper, you'd be like, wow, okay, how did Florida not win this game? It, it came down to just timeliness, timeliness. But you're right. Bama was t- very, very touchable. Like they were in panic mode in, in the sense of there was no breathing room for this game. You, they could not t- just take it easy and be like, yeah, we got this in the bag. Nah. Bama was being tried and tested. And like you mentioned, Emmanuel, if we do get a Bama versus Georgia, you know what? Georgia, you know, Georgia's been good defensively last couple of seasons. While they've choked a bit, you know, the curse of, of, of Georgia, the curse of the state. I'm sorry, Atlanta Falcon fans. I just couldn't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> and I mean, Georgia themselves have choked to Bama. But I do think that this time around, if we do get Bama versus Georgia, Georgia will actually have a better show of it and probably could beat Bama. I mean, yes, at the end of the day, Bama is Bama. You know, Bama will always be the favorites. But, man, the way, again, like you mentioned, Florida is not, this is not the best Florida team we've seen in at least the past five-plus years. This is not the best one. But they surely played like they were the best ones. Um, So I was definitely excited to see Decided to watch that, you know, especially a close one. We don't like easy games here, right? Uh, no, not to, in the SEC, baby. No, nah, but an easy game that we will point out. They were on our show last week. We talked about them last week. Um, they actually inspired the title of last week's uh, episode, Make Running Backs Great Again. Thanks, Osan. But Georgia Southern played number 20 Arkansas. Last week, Arkansas was not ranked. Now they are. That game ended with Arkansas winning 45 to 10. Now, here's the reason why we're mentioning them again this week. Last week, they put up 300 plus yards on Texas on the ground. This week, they put up a total of 633 yards and they said, oh, we can throw two. They threw for 364 total yards in the air, which, I mean, tells you that they also rushed for 269. <laughs> like, they Man. still got their rush yards. Amongst 11 different ball carriers. 11 people carried the ball. That's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, K.J. Jefferson, quarterback for Arkansas, he showed out. He was like, hey, let me flex an arm. And the crazy thing was, he went 13 of 23 for 366 yards. And uh, three touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, yo, only only 13 passes was needed to get to 366. I mean, yes, we get it. They're playing Georgia Southern, of course. But still, after how they did Texas the week before. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Folks will say it's just Georgia Southern. How many times have we seen players, particularly quarterbacks, because it seems like the highest man is mostly these days a quarterback's uh, a quarterback's race. How many times have we seen guys put up put up a game at where afterwards folks are like that's a Heisman candidate where he throws for, you know, 400 some yards, runs for another 100 and something, throws for, has like six or seven total touchdowns accounted for against a team like a Georgia, a Georgia Southern. So don't, don't give me the, it's just Georgia Southern argument. Okay. Arkansas, Arkansas said, 
Osa, Abe, Baba Funke, we hear you. Hold my beer. We, right. We, we can throw two in these parts. These Razorbacks got an arm, and they came gunslinging. Every, uh, I didn't watch the game, but every highlight I saw from the game as I was watching the Florida-Alabama game, every highlight that came up was this dude, K.J. Jefferson, throwing a deep dime downfield. Dimes <laughs> on dimes. <laughs> that defense was Swiss cheese. Like, oh, my goodness. And I apologize. I said 11. I meant nine rushers. Nine. Carried the ball nine 48 rushers. times for 269 yards for Arkansas. Hey, so they still, you know, was putting numbers. the running backs. Yeah. They, those are mad it was numbers. 48 carries on top of another 23 passes. If, Come if on, they man. Off it, they they Come 633 on, total yards they had their way. There was no, I mean, how, what do you do at that point? You just you playing on rookie mode. That's that's yeah. the new NCAA uh video game rookie when it drops. <laughs> if someone's gonna play Arkansas, I'll be like, hold my beer, let me see how how bad I could do Georgia Southern. Hey, look, mm-hmm. man. Shout out to you, Arkansas. Shout out to you. Shout out to Arkansas. You feel me? Uh, Baba Funke, what was this game like for you? I, 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 know, I know you're high on the SEC boys. What, what, what was this game for you? Man, this is, this is typical Arkansas. It just, like I said, gives me flashbacks to that Felix Jones, Darren McFadden days. And, and Arkansas looking real good. They're going to be. You never know. This SEC West is going to be interesting, but LSU being pretty much down. Yeah, and, uh, we out. And, and LS who? We call them LS who. All right, relax, season. relax. Oh, I can't wait to get to the next team. <laughs> oh, oh, I know, oh, I know I it's coming wait. next. That's oh. why I'm throwing this out there now. I got to get okay. this out there now, okay? <laughs> I'm glad you know why I put that team on there. I was I debating about it. I was like, yeah, that was next. <laughs> then you have A&M, you know. Uh, I, mean, they're, I mean, they're undefeated, but they had they had a struggle against Colorado, so I mean this SC West is going to be very interesting. You know, with Alabama in there, they have some challengers. So, I mean, <laughs> only time will tell. It's still early in the season. Yeah, that's facts. That's facts. And then, of course, the last game we're going to cover for the college football Actually, uh, week. I want to call an audible before we cover this last okay. game. I want to call an audible, and it's because we have our man Emmanuel on here, and we talked about this offline on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, his USC Trojans, okay, had a nice little bounce back, okay, nice little bounce back win. But I was I was a little intrigued to see something as I looked at this bounce back win against Washington State. They went forty five to fourteen. Oh yeah, they owned them. Keaton Slovis suffered an injury. Only played played uh only played one drive. Didn't even complete the drive. But in comes young Jackson Dart who slings it for four touchdowns, a USC debut record, 391 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. The kid looks like sunshine from Remember the Titans. He did. And I just found it ironic that uh, after all we said about Keaton Slovis, week prior, Jackson Dart comes in and does his thing. Emmanuel, your thoughts on this young Jackson Dart? <laughs> I mean, I mean, he looks good, but to your sunshine part, I have to give it to Trevor Lawrence. Hashtag Trevor 2021. Don't do I, that. I, Don't do that. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence out here playing for the Jaguars looking like. <laughs> looking hey. like never, I'm going to stop. Looking like I'm hey. your cat. Hey. 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 
I'm still I'm still campaigning, but anyway. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Jackson and no, they want I, Urban Meyer at SC. I, I I still do, but you know I'm I'm gonna get to my thoughts about that possibly if he addressed it on the show. Uh, but um, he looked good. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, he looked good. And to me, this is somewhat of the slowest situation when JT Daniels got hurt. You know, uh, his, at his early tenure at USC, and then uh, Slovis came in and balled. It's sure. kind of like deja vu all over again, in a way, yeah. uh, with Jackson Dart stepping in. And he and look, he played excellent, you know, coming in. Uh, he was ready to play. And we'll see what this momentum carries carries them into. I believe you have Oregon State coming up this week, um, this Saturday. So um, there's something they could build upon down the line and uh and coach williams i mean he uh, he's 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 got him in the right direction and, and the right momentum heading into the season so we'll see how this team uh responds uh continue to respond after clay helton being fired but jackson Dirk played very well and i feel like he should be the starter now obviously he has to be the starter mm-hmm. down the line and I, yeah, i'm not too yeah. sure about the severity of the injury in regards with uh kevon slovis so but we'll see what happens, and hopefully SC down the line can get some good QB recruits because those three quarterbacks out of those, out of those uh, power power five conferences they um, they they looking good. I know Stroud's been kind of average, but I mean Ooh. at least at least he's. <laughs> I Listen, you're not gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. first of all. I said it. Shout out to Coach Williams. I believe he's the first black. Uh, head coach in USC history, even though he's interim first black head coach in USC history. If right. they decide not to keep him, uh, not to make him the permanent coach, I hope Eric Bieniemy gets that role. Let's make that happen. Uh, secondly, to your point, uh, Emmanuel, yes, the, the USC had three three quarterbacks in Southern California sitting right there, five star prospects, couldn't get none of them, and they not. They, two of them out here, well, we got one in the SEC. We got Bryce Young out here in the SEC. We got DJ Ugalele out here in the ACC with Clemson. And then we got uh, CJ Stroud out here in the, the, the Big Ten with, with the Ohio State. You couldn't get none of them? None yeah. of them. And when you look at it, the way it stacks up, USC, I'm a Bruins fan. Let's be real, and we're going to get to them in a second. But USC has been the football school in Southern California at least for the past let's say 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. Except for some blips on the radar where Jim Moore decided to, to, to make, make, make US, UCLA great. However, you mean to tell me y'all can't recruit none of these kids from Southern California, not just quarterbacks. We talking running backs to uh, wide receivers. And so these kids are getting, basically Southern California has been rated by the SEC. I am disgusted. Make the Pac-12 great again, okay, y'all? Stop this. USC recruit well. UCLA Keep showing out somehow, just not what happened this past week. And the last thing yeah. I'm up before we before we go to this last game, don't you do that, Abe? I didn't say USC. USC actually looked very touchable. They were actually, I think, losing up until the third quarter against Washington State before Jackson Dart decided to drink some of Matt Leinart's secret stuff. Um, and 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 USC went off. They went bonkers in that third quarter. Stanford made so, them look touchable. You did you forget? Stanford did not make them look touchable. Stanford, Stanford made them look bad. Okay, I. You know what though? It's fair. It's fair. The 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 first three 
weeks of college football season have uh, brought pain for each of the three gentlemen yeah. on this program. Week one was for Emmanuel, you know. Uh, week two, it was for you, Abe, at the hands of my UCLA Bruins. Uh, week three, I was forced to eat my words. Uh, I, I said it in our group chat on Saturday before the, the UCLA Fresno State game started that if UCLA won the game, y'all wouldn't be able to tell me nothing. I was going to have to plumb fool on this show. I, I admit, I am I am now humbled. Abe, yeah, continue. because uh, continue. Fresno State, to, to cap off the college football talk, Fresno State beat number 13 at the time of this recording, number 13, UCLA. How did they get so high? Um, Don't do that. We 40, went from unranked <laughs> to number 13. Don't you do that, okay? We did it 40, at y'all expense. 40 to 37, yeah, and that's the terrible thing because I told you, we, we sold our soul. LSU, you know, it's just... I mean, you look at the numbers of that game, the one that really stood out to me the most was that Fresno State put up 569 total yards of offense, and they also had the ball for 40 minutes of a 60-minute game. <laughs> like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> hold on. That's outrageous, fam. Like, and UCLA has the better running game, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to take it. Is it like, look uh, – UCLA was able to put up 37 points in 20 minutes, you know, but at the same time, you just, Fresno just controlled the tempo. Like, it was definitely a nice back and forth one, and and you guys were winning at various points throughout the game, and it seemed like Fresno State was the one having to play catch-up. But, I mean, Jake Hayner, the quarterback for Fresno State, 455 yards, two touchdowns. Like, he just aired, and, and, and then I – think back to how my LSU couldn't even muster uh, this this semblance of an offense and it made me that much more upset because clearly this is a false top 15 team. You feel me? Um, and it's good to see Fresno State expose them for that. So shout out to Fresno State. Hey, I hope State. your mic goes out right now. I hope your mic goes out. <laughs> tripping. Now, I, I'm going to say this. I'll say this. All right. UCLA, you look at their first first two games. They were run heavy. And the run, of course, opens up things no matter what level of the game you are playing at, from peewee to pop to all the way up to the pros. The run game will open doors for you, right? UCLA, first, uh, first two weeks, I think, averaged in the neighborhood of 250 yards on the ground per game. Zach Charbonnet, um, transfer from Michigan, had 106 yards on, uh, I think it was eight carries game one and then had 117 yards game two against LSU. And then here comes Fresno State. Clearly, they did their homework. Zach Charbonnet had 19 yards on six carries. Uh, the offense, this, this UCLA team, this game that they played looked very similar to games that they've played over the past. We'll, not, we'll skip last season, season before last, where you're having to play from behind. Because you're playing from behind, now you have to rely heavily on uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson on DTR, their quarterback, to do everything, not just through the air, but also on the ground. And that was the case in this game. You only get the ball for 20 minutes, time of possession. Yeah, you're not going to have time for Zach Charbonnet to, 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 to run uh, at least 10 times during the game, especially in a game where Fresno State is, is, is focusing on that run and putting that pressure on the game plan for UCLA perfectly. Uh, DTR had, I think it was a, a total, I want to say it was 300 uh, plus yards total between on the air and on the ground. Yeah, two, 278 through the air and another 67 on the ground. He was UCLA's leading rusher. 
that can't happen. You're not UCLA is not going to win games uh, with DTR being their leading rusher. Six, 13 rushes for 67 yards. Fresno State, my hat's off to you. 569 total yards. That's bananas. Uh, 455. Uh, the last time I saw a quarterback do that to UCLA was the game against uh, Washington State two seasons ago. Yeah, That's, that is that one of the greatest one. college football games I've ever witnessed. And when I say witnessed, I was camping on the beach when watching the third quarter. And I'm like, UCLA, are y'all actually going to come back? Because this is crazy. Y- y'all are getting beat. They were they were down 28, okay, halfway through the third quarter. That was and wild. That was a wild game. That the what was the final score like 55 to 56? It was something yeah. insane. But DTR had a combined, I think it was 400 plus yards uh between uh, on the air and on the ground. But the one thing about DTR, and it's the reason why I think the kid will do well at the next level, is he knows how to use his legs. I think I said this last program, but I, I stand by it. He knows how to use his legs. He doesn't use his legs just to, to run or to scramble like you expect from the, the prototypical, say, black quarterback, right? But he uses his legs to extend the play and keeps his eyes downfield. Now, here's the problem. If the run game is not effective, keeping your eyes downfield means nothing because when you're in third and long, everybody knows what's coming. So UCLA, go back to the drawing board. Chip Kelly, don't do this. Don't, don't. Don't make me call for your head on this program, Chip Kelly. I I, I don't want to have to do it again. Hey, I I I I've I've not been a fan of the Chip Kelly hire. In the first couple games of the season, with a healthy, a fully healthy team, I was starting to be a believer. This performance right here is the reason he didn't work out with the Eagles. That's another story. Then that's my piece. Beta, what about you, Baba Funke, on this UCLA uh, Fresno State game? I'm, I'm a- I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I've been paying attention to Fresno State over the last couple of years, and this team can score, and they play tough. Uh, For people that don't know, I know a lot of uh, college football fans are more Southern bias or East Coast bias, but if you pay attention to Fresno State, they're a very tough team, and Mm -hmm. they compete. And them beating UCLA did not surprise me. And that's why I did mention in chat, I took Fresno State plus 11 and a half. Cause I, I didn't expect, the thing about me is I thought UCLA was going to win, but I didn't think we were going to beat Fresno State by 11. But Fresno State won outright, which, which doesn't surprise me too much because they do play tough, uh, especially in that second half. And that's the reason why I took them Fresno State plus 11. Now, the good news about UCLA I feel like you guys shouldn't be – how can I explain it? You guys shouldn't be too worried because y'all lost to a good team. It yeah, they, they trash. They false. They false top 15 team. They, they don't belong nah, in the top 15. Get nah, them out the rankings, coach. Get them out the rankings. Man, don't listen don't to know. him. Don't I, he's salty that his team I, doesn't belong even crazy. in the SEC at this point. Go ahead and send them off uh, to the whack. Or to the, wow. to, the, to the MEC, to the SWAC, wow. you know. Do y'all believe in the Pac-12 or Pac-10 or whatever y'all call yourselves now? Pac-12, Pac-12. Pac-12. Do, do y'all belong? Let's make it a Pac-11. Don't, Let's don't get that. you up out don't of here. Don't do that. Don't do that. Replace don't, you with SMU. Don't do that. They, wow. need a, they need a new team. They need a new conference. Wow. Too, uh, I'm not going to say LSU better, is a death penalty. Do better for but SMU. LSU, L- SMU must say, you know what? Welcome to the Pac-12. Get UCLA up out of here. LSU can go ahead and just transfer 
to the NAIA. Okay, I've said my piece. Go ahead, Emmanuel. Wow. <laughs> well, the good news is this does not affect the Pac-12 standings. Uh, obviously, it does not affect it. So I think um, that's the good news. I, I think Chip right now, this might be his best UCLA team. This is his most experienced UCLA team that he's ever had at his tenure at UCLA. So uh, I think UCLA fans should be a little more patient. They lost to a good team with Fresno State, um, but they have some games down the line. There's not, there's no gimmies. I think UCLA is still in good shape uh, in the in the Pac-12 South um, heading on, and their running game is is one of the best in the nation. So uh, I I know this sounds crazy me defending UCLA, but um, UCLA no doesn't. It sounds wise. Sounds well. That's why people listen to this program because there's no bias here. There was just great takes and analysis, except for anything that comes out of Abe's mouth in regards to LSU. Continue, man. Mm. <laughs> mm. But UCLA, I would like for Chip to, um, to integrate more of his wide receivers into the offense, um, like he did at times at Oregon. I know Chip Be- Chip Ke- almost called him Chip Belly. Chip <laughs> Chip Kelly. Um, I know he likes to emphasize the running backs with the skill guys, and uh, but in everything. So I, I just want to see use one of those receivers into like you know jet sweeps or reverses to kind of throw the defenses off, and you know in terms with you know how aggressive they are and and whatnot. But that's why I would like to see from Chip Kelly be a little more integrative with the offense in terms of using the receivers. The running backs, I feel like he's doing a good job with the play calling with the running backs, but the receivers, I feel like he needs to step it up more because he doesn't really emphasize receivers like that in the offense. He needs more running backs, more than what people believe. But, uh, yeah, but I think he has a good chance in the Pac-12 South, and we'll see what happens. That Maybe that uh, that victory bill is going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to come down to that victory bill at the end of the season Let in November. Happen. Let it happen. There will be There will be intense beef on this program, let me tell you. But, but I'll say this before we move on to the NFL, to your point about Fresno State, Emmanuel, people do forget because up north you have Cal and you have Stanford. Fresno State ends up kind of kind of being the, you know, the, the redhead stepchild in the north. But Fresno State does have a tradition of putting out some solid quarterbacks. Let's not forget the Carr brothers both went to Fresno State um, and one of them. As we transit, as we said, remember, this is a perfect Ryan, segue. Oh, go ahead. I'll say, remember Brian Matthews? He got, yeah. he got to the Chargers. Yep. And then Devontae Adams from Fresno State, too. There you go. They, they got solid history. As we segue, Carr Brother, a particular Carr Brother this week, uh, pulled off, uh, I guess, a slight upset. Uh, you say, there's some folks who say it's an upset. Uh, we are talking about. Our first game of the week from the NFL, Pittsburgh Steelers against the, almost said Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders, baby, Raiders. Oh, my goodness. My fault, Raiders. I just keep forgetting that y'all in Las Vegas. No, 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 no. no. I almost said, yeah, yeah, bro. I almost said Oakland only because Oakland is still in my brain. And it's crazy because I've seen Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. I've seen there, driven by it. It still looks like a spaceship, but it's a great, great, great arena, great stadium. I just it just hasn't sunk in yet. Okay. Yeah. Hasn't sunk in no, yet. Anyhow, Las Vegas Raiders, Pittsburgh Steelers. Raiders win 26 to 17 behind 
382 yards on 28 for 37 passing from Derek Carr and two touchdowns. Henry Ruggs, seven targets, five receptions, 113 yards. And Najee Harris had a slight little coming out party, including a stiff arm of, of, of uh, Marshawn Lynch proportions. Yeah. proportions. I was nasty, okay? Y'all. I'm, so just, just for some setup for y'all. So the was that Saturday? I was, uh, you know, had a little birthday, birthday shindig for, for the wifey um, with, you know, just the immediate family. Happy and belated. my father-in-law. My father-in-law is a Raiders fan. So my sister-in-law, so my father-in-law is going on and on about, oh, the schedule's messed up. They out here setting us up early in the season to get, to play all these difficult games. And, you, you know, other teams out here playing, playing nobodies. But we out here, we got to play the Steelers tomorrow. That's early in the season. They don't care about us. Who's making these schedules going off, going off? And I love watching my father-in-law go off when it comes to the Raiders. I I love watching Raider games when he's around and mm. losing. I don't say nothing because I'm scared. Yeah. He might put a bullet in him, but I like saying something. Just a little something. Let me tell you, these Raiders surprised me, okay? They surprised me against these Steelers. No, they not against these Steelers, but they surprised me, okay? I expected just a little bit more from Big Ben and the boys. Uh, Abe. Thoughts on this on this uh this nice little AFC matchup? Because well, folks is out here saying the AFC West might be on par with the NFC West. No, it's still it's still not it's still not mainly because uh the weakest team in the AFC West is the Chargers at this moment, and they would also still be the weakest team in the NFC West based off what we saw this past weekend. Even though uh, one of the other teams we'll talk about took an L while everybody else won, right? First of all, I was watching the game. Um, you know, my roommate is a big Raiders. I'm, I'm in Raiders country now, out here in Oakland. You in the end game, fam. Yeah, I'm in the end game. Look, these Raiders, this Raiders team, it's, yes, it's only been two weeks. They look legit. I mean, Carr is playing well. He's thrown – he's leading the league. I think he's number one in passing yards right now after two weeks. Um and the defense is stepping up big. I mean, mind you, this Steelers team is not perfect. Their offensive line is not great. You can see that they're not running the ball as much. And for more uh, expert analysis, make sure you head over to Cover Zero, a member of the SSAW Podcast Network, for your in-depth analysis. You know, here we just love to react and talk shop. But I was super impressed. I was really impressed by the by the Raiders. Um, I think you know. They have a chance to really make some noise in the wild card because at the end of the day, they still have to go through KC. They still have to go through KC. And until we see what those games look like, I'm going to temper my expectations. But in terms of wild card berth, surely. I mean, I can't – let me not disrespect Denver, who's 2-0. You know, Denver's 2-0 for a reason. Terry Bridgewater has been doing a good job of of maintaining the the offense and – pushing them when they need to be and, and protecting the ball, especially, but the Raiders really look good. It was exciting. I know a lot of people up out here in the Bay, they, they hype the non San Fran fans. Of course, Steelers have to get it together. Steelers can't afford to, to fall heavy, but at the same time, a Mike Tomlin team has yet to, to finish under a 500 record, you know? 
yet to do worse than that. And so um, they'll get it. They'll write the ship. But shout out to Derek Carr for what he's doing. Shout out to Max Crosby, who's just getting after it. And you know what? He's definitely going to be a pro bowler. I'll, I'll be beside myself if he doesn't make the pro bowl. Uh, the overall great game on both sides by the by the Raiders. Um, how, how about you, Baba Funke? I mean, the Steelers, this is a classic Steelers letdown. They play well against top-tier competition like the Bills. And they and then all of a sudden they think it's the Raiders. Like, oh, it's you know, it's another gimme game. They took it for granted. And next thing you know, they lose. So this is classic Steelers. They 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 play up to the competition against the top teams in the AFC or top teams in the league. And then when they play against a a, a team that's probably the same caliber or a team that's not uh talented as they are, then they start, you know, they, they start letting people down. And uh, this, is a, this is a classic Steelers. And the, credit to the Raiders. They're 2-0. Uh, they figured it out so far. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their playoff chances have increased um, in terms of – and now they're what? Number one in, they're number one in the division uh, for now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Right by, uh, And Denver is right behind them at 2-0 as well, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, Denver and, and Oakland, they're, top, they're tied for the division. So – I mean, if, if Oakland could keep this up, this 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 is a good look for them. So, um, I'm I'm happy for them, uh, for 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 them being the Steelers, not the Ravens. Just, just, just. Hey, <laughs> hey. be no, but shout out to Josiah from Cover Zero. I know that's the yeah. squad. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely, y'all. Hey, just to give a quick uh uh nod to the Ravens for doing the thing against Kansas City. That only helps the Raiders out even more. Um, what a really, really good game that honestly looked like it was going to be out of uh, Baltimore's hands, but they stepped up, especially the fumble late in the game. Um, defense got after it. Lamar put the team on his back, and he did what we know he can do, and y'all did the damn thing against Kansas City. Um, so that's great. Uh, the next team we're going to focus on um, before we then switch gears and talk about a sport that we haven't talked about in a while on here is the Tennessee Titans played the Seattle Seahawks. And ladies and gentlemen, last week we talked about Tennessee. They laid a stinker against uh, another NFC West team. Derek Henry, King Henry was pauper Henry. He was poor man Henry. He was dollar store Henry. He was the family dollar Henry. He was he a 99 was Oliver cent Twist, store Henry. He was yeah. Oliver Twist. Please, sir, can I have some more? And, or, and uh, Chandler Jones said no. And the Arizona Cardinals said, hell no. Um, and he honestly looked uh, defeated. But, y'all... After this game against the Seahawks, Derrick Henry is back on track to break 2K yards. <laughs> All it's was just this one game. I feel like this episode should be titled Hold My Beer because I feel like everybody that we said something about last in the first episode yeah. was like, nah, fam, hold my beer. Y'all well, not going to disrespect me like up. this. Because that boy, Derrick Henry, I mean, look, it was a, it was a nail-biter. They won off a field goal. Tennessee won 33-30. to Derrick Henry... Ran the ball 35 times for 182 yards and three touchdowns. King Henry showed out and, and, and did the damn thing. And he reminded us exactly why he's the top 
three running back in the league. You know, um, I preferably have him behind CMC only because CMC's versatility is, is otherworldly. However, Derrick Henry is still a top running back. Tyler Lockett, can we discuss Tyler Lockett for a moment? Holy, <laughs> y'all just need to give this man his flowers. I'm tired of folks disrespecting and acting like, well, Russell Wilson does everything. And no, Tyler Lockett out here is the truth. Yo, Tyler Lockett had 11 targets, eight catches for 178 yards in the touchdown. I have DK Metcalf on my fantasy team, but I'm looking, I'm like, man, I should have just drafted Tyler Lockett in the, in the third well, round. Honestly, Honestly, you guys, I don't know if you guys heard my episode on fantasy football. I, I thought DK was overvalued based on his <laughs> ADP. And I said Lockett was the better value. Yeah, I, I kept telling people Lockett, Lockett was the better value. You know, I was going to try to be hating. greedy and double dip and, and grab both of them. But um, I picked Cooper Cup first. And then Lockett was taken right out there. And I can't be mad at Cooper Cup, honestly. I can't. I can't. Hey, hey, Coop been doing his thing, fam. He been good. So it's it By the way, I got I got Lockett on my fantasy team, by the way. I got oh, Lockett. Yeah, he's been eating. <laughs> he's been eating. Uh, eventually, I'm going to have to face him in the future. But hopefully, yeah. that's a game where Russ is like, DK, I'm going to feed you more than I feed Lockett. So look DK, out. But Tennessee, Tennessee, six and a half point dog, too. I took them too. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. No, I mean, it, they it's, finally got their you. stuff together. It, like we all know, Tennessee is powered by Derrick Henry. I mean, when Derrick eats, Tennessee eats. Tannehill can throw for 300 plus yards, but it doesn't matter if you're not feeding Derrick Henry. You're not going to win the game without Henry going off. And Henry is the type of cat where you see his stat line. Like, yes, it's impressive to us because of how he got shut down last week. But if you look at the last two, three seasons, this type of game is is not a surprise. Him rushing for 150 yards, no surprise. Him getting multiple touchdowns in the game, no surprise. Um, Seattle did what they could, honestly. Also, though, Seattle was up early. They were up big early. I I remember, I think they were up something like 21 to 7 early. And I thought, oh, this game's in the bag. Like, Russ is cooking. He in the he in the kitchen cooking Tyler Lockett with the ridiculous Tyler Lockett's touchdown. If y'all didn't see it, go catch the, that that replay. This man sixty six yards, and it was it was I think he had like 30, 30, 33 of those were were yards after the catch that he had because he put on a ridiculous run after that catch to make a couple defenders miss and get into the end zone. Listen, y'all, I thought this I thought the the uh, the NFC West was about to to end week two in the nfl undefeated i yeah, thought the nfc west they about goals. to do that thing right now uh wait no 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 no. i well i thought the vikings were gonna have something to say about that but folks out here missing missing give me field goals at the end of the game it was but, crazy because they happened simultaneously too yes yeah they happened they simultaneously. i was watching NFL red zone as tennessee was kicking the game with a field goal Minnesota Wild. was kicking there. Shanked it. Shanked it. Wide right. I was hurt. Oh, oh I was hurt. It. Oh, it was a sad day. Goodness. It was a sad day in the Obama's White House, okay? My wife's a Saints fan. They got smashed, okay? And the Vikings go come out here and lose like that. I'm disgusted. But but, but real talk, though, I really thought, okay, Seattle about to come out here and, and do the dang thing. I will say I feel the same way about the NFC West. 
My thoughts about the NFC West are the same as Emmanuel's thoughts about UCLA, UCLA's football team. If you're, if you're a fan of any of those NFC West teams, Seahawks included, you really have nothing to worry about. Oh, yeah. That really is the best division of football. You have easily at least three quarterbacks who are going to be, I believe, in the MVP conversation. Three of those dudes. I, I, Kyler Murray's going to be in there. Easily. Russ is going to be in there. Easily. Stafford is going to be in he there. Can. And he folks can. folks are starting to see now what we've been saying about this dude, Matt Stafford. Y'all need to stop. Y'all need to stop acting like he was out there in Detroit just, just lollygagging. No, he was out there in Detroit having to play in Detroit and try to make stuff make sense. And now the sky's the limit because Sean McVay got, he got a fun toy to play with with Matt Stafford. And we've seen it in these throws that he's making. This dude is top five in arm strength in the league easily. So those three are for sure going to be in the conversation. It's going to come down to health and uh, health and consistency over the, the rest of the season. But the NFC West, that's a, that's a tough draw for anybody. And my, my Vikings, we got to play the, uh, we play in the Seahawks next week. So. <laughs> yeah. oh, and, and before we get to uh, Baba Funka and his thoughts on this game, my Rams, the next 11 days is rough. We got Tampa Bay. Then a week after that, we have Arizona. And then on the Thursday night game after that, we have Seattle. Like that is a rough three game stretch in my opinion, for the Rams. And and I see us coming out of it 2-1. and one. I actually have a lot of confidence that we beat Tampa Bay. Like, I just feel that we show up and show out because Tampa Bay is touchable, right? But I can see us dropping one of those division games. Um, most likely, it's going to be the one to Arizona. Uh, they just – Kyler Murray's a freak of nature. <laughs> like, what is he, he – he, Watching this game, it's like, yeah, I'm, I, I, every time he had the ball, I'm like, look, he about to do something crazy right here. Third and 60, I'm like, he about to do something crazy. Next thing you know, he's throwing it off his back leg. Damn. Oh, a dime off his back foot on third and 16. When I tell you my TV almost got broken watching that play, TV almost got broken watching. It's crazy. So, Baba Funke, uh, on the Tennessee-Seattle uh, game, what were some of the thoughts running in your head? I mean, the, clearly you you had high expectations for Tennessee to turn it around because they hit for you. But uh, what was on your mind? Yes, uh, on my mind, I, I had a gut feeling we were going to bounce back. And then uh, I saw this one executive comments. He said he looked over game film when the Titans lost, you know, big to the Arizona Cardinals in uh, week one, right? He said about like 55% of Julio Jones' snaps he was on. Uh, he he was in one on one coverage, and Tannehill didn't. Uh, supposedly Tannehill didn't uh throw his way in regards with that. And he said, I, I guarantee you, Tennessee's gonna make their adjustment to get Julio Jones involved in the offense, which is true. I believe yeah. he had like six or eight receptions for like a hundred and like twenty eight yards and no touchdowns. But yeah. even if Julio didn't get no touchdowns, at least he's getting those receptions and those yards after the catch. That which which in a way sometimes your passing game opens up your running game and then and you definitely saw that with Derrick Henry yeah. so now if Julio, if Julio starts to get going in that offense or you use him as a decoy now you could pick your poise now now it's really a pick your poise type of type of deal because you got a guy who could play great and then now you have Derrick Henry who could who could take over the game and 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 kill time of you know time of, of a possession uh, down the line in the third and fourth quarter so that's 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 a dangerous combination if the Titans uh, get that going. If I to me it seems like Tannehill and Julio's chemistry is 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 a work in progress, but yeah. it is in the right direction. 
So yeah. Tennessee deserves to win that game. And six and a half points was too high. I had to take it. To me, that was the best value uh, for me betting on that game. I'm sorry. Hey, there we go. I mean, shoot. I ain't mad it, at it. It, it. it came out well. And um, as we start to wind down, uh, we'll talk about one more game before we head over to Mr. Watson's neighborhood. And hey, hold on. Before we do that, I, I'm going to call another audible. Omaha. Um, Baba Funke, real quick, bro. Your team got a dub this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, 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 let's got, give you the floor got, now. Got the monkey off the back against the Chiefs. I, we just want to hear quick, quick take from you. Two-minute drill. How you feel about it? How you feeling? Man, I am – I was happy, to be honest with you. I was really happy. Lamar got that – Got that monkey off his back. A great win against Kansas City um, in regards with them. And not only that, to me, what I loved about that game, you saw an element of trust with Harbaugh and Lamar. And basically, you were to go for it. There was no hesitation. None. There was no back and forth. It was just, okay, boom, they're going for it. And as a player, you love to have a player's coach like that. You want to have a coach to believe in you like that, like Jim Harbaugh does with those players. And that shows, and you know, and that not only that, that, that speaks volumes to the rest of the teammates as well. Because it's like, oh, he he he's gonna coach. You know, he trusts he trusted us. We're gonna play hard for him. So that 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 sends the right message to the rest of the players in that locker room. And uh, for for the Ravens to come back from 11 down, they're not used to playing from behind. Lamar Jackson took this game over, you guys, and and put this team on his back and, and came in there. And then he had a a jump pass, and, and I, I mean a, a jump touchdown pass. I'm like, what is he? This is like Tim Tebow, Cam Newton. Uh, it's a this is a Heisman Trophy thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I mean, the, 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 I mean Lamar showed out. I mean Patrick Mahomes had a had a a critical interception. He should have never thrown that ball, obviously. And for the Chiefs, and you guys know I said it last week, my concern is their front four. Uh, I believe somebody said 25 or thir- or I think it was I think it was like a third of their salary cap. It was it was, it was a, a crazy statistic with the Chiefs. A third of their salary cap is based on the Chiefs' front four. And their and their front four has been outplayed the last two games. The question is how they're going to solve it. And they, I feel like Chris Jones got exposed on the read option because he started playing on the outside at defensive end. I feel that sometimes you experimenting players outside their natural position doesn't always work. You got to put them at their natural position of what they do best. I think Spagnuolo is going to have to make some changes and figure something out with that front four. But if the, if the, if, like I said last week, if the, if the Chiefs continue not to stop the run, they're not they're not repeating. Or I better yet, I don't see this team going to the Super Bowl with this horrible run defense. And obviously, last week you saw the blueprint what Cleveland did to them. You know, taking time of possession. Now you saw it again with the Ravens with Patrick Mahomes. And obviously, you, you can tell the Ravens looked at the film. Also, there was another key step before I let go. I don't know if you guys know, if the Chiefs have the ball less than – if Mahomes doesn't have the ball less than 26 minutes on total time possession for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is 2-6 and six in his NFL career. 
if the if their time of possession is less than 26 minutes in the game. They had the that they had a total of 25 minutes in that Ravens game. That shows you who controlled the time of possession in that game. And I'm gonna leave it at that. Dang, I actually didn't know that stat. So they need they need to at least That's wild. control I'm gonna put the that game. in my back pocket. Yeah, in my back pocket. Yeah, know. okay. Bet that. Well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh our some of our reactions from the college football and NFL world. But like I said, we're gonna take you uh to a different realm. Still football, you know, depending on where you, hey. where you are in the world. But I I had to because I caught this game. I know you you were talking about it also on the, in Reformed Hooligans, and then I caught the replay uh, while I was yeah. working late at night, and mm-hmm. I was I was stunned. And that game, it was a, a Champions League match between one Barcelona at Bayern Munich, and it was. It was a shellacking. The final score was three zip Bayern. Barca. But man, I mean, we all knew Barcelona would look different. No Messi. Messi's at PSG, Paris Saint Germain. And it, you know, loss of other players. But yo, Bayern had their way. I mean, I I, I love Mueller. I love Thomas Mueller. He had his go. Lewandowski, he had a brace, two goals. I mean, they've made it look so easy, so effortless. Uh, it, it what happened is this is this the future of barcelona yes and no uh just a quick rundown and 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 we go into further analysis about this on reformed hooligans we've been talking about barcelona for at least the past year actually i'd say a little over a year because reform hooligans is almost two years old and from almost day one of that podcast we were big advocates this is going back to 2019 big advocates of Barcelona selling Lionel Messi not because Lionel Messi is not a great player but the situation around him was this number one uh Barcelona's president at the time uh Bartomeu set them back big time now if you if you're not familiar in the soccer world uh, let's. I think a, a comparison, a good comparison. The president of a team is one part general manager, one part like actual executive. And so Bartomeu was out here just making bad deals because in in, in the world of soccer, in the world of football, you are uh, players are acquired one of through one of two ways, uh, three ways. Either a as a free agent, so that means there's no fee attached to them to buy the player. Uh, two uh, via player swap, where you just swap players who have pretty much identical contracts. Uh, but those are very rare. But the most common is via transfer. When a player is transferred, there's a fee paid to bring that player over. Now, that fee is pretty high. So if you hear, for example, of, oh, 100 million euros spent on a player, that means that's just the transfer fee. That has nothing to do with their salary. Lionel Messi's salary was allegedly leaked last year somewhere in the neighborhood when you include, uh, because also in the in salaries can be included your endorsement deals, all that stuff can be packaged together. A team can package all those things together and it encompasses your salary. Messi's salary was somewhere in the neighborhood of three quarters of a billion dollars, allegedly what was leaked. Now, when I found that out, told my son, listen, you're six months old. We're going to put a ball at your feet right now, okay? Three quarters of a billion dollars for a player? Come on, man. The problem was on top of that, they were, Bartomeu was out here buying players Bringing in players on on just terrible contracts, uh, inflated, uh, bloated contracts, paying a hundred mil here, uh, 
90 mil here for a player. And but buying players that Messi never really asked for, but thinking that if you get these players, this will keep Messi happy, never actually asking Messi what Messi wanted. So the problem with it was Messi became toxic for the team, not his fault, though. Barcelona used to have one of the best academies in Spain. Their academy is now trash because all, all their money and all of their investment and time was thrown into Messi. So it got to the point where last summer, during last summer's transfer windows, uh, it, there are two transfer windows per year, one during the summer, one during the winter. Barcelona was in a place where they had to make $100 million in player sales, selling off $100 million worth of players in order just to get back balanced, not even to get into the black, just to get out of the red. It's come out since that Barcelona is close to a billion dollars in debt. Why do I say all that? I say all that to say this. That is this, the, the context and, and the, the, the state of affairs behind Lionel Messi finally leaving to go to PSG because financially, Barcelona just couldn't make it happen. Messi was ready to sign on the dotted line, but financially, Barcelona couldn't make it happen. Not because Messi was asking for a crazy price. He had, he had taken a cut in his salary. He was willing to take a, a, pay, a cut in pay. Things got crazy. So this Barcelona that we see, not just the, 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 the aftermath of Messi leaving, but also Antoine Griezmann, who was a, a player that they had bought to replace uh, Luis Suarez a couple of seasons ago. Antoine Griezmann went back to Atletico Madrid, the team that, uh, that Barcelona bought them from. So now Barcelona is down their two best attacking players. Barcelona, we expected to have a little bit of a dip. I figured they'd be back maybe in like, three to four seasons after watching this match against not saying that Bayern is slouches, but Barcelona looked outclassed in every aspect of the game. Then on top of that, to see the match that they had in their domestic league in La Liga a couple of days ago from the time of this recording, they actually not a couple of days ago, a day ago from the time of this recording, they barely scraped away with a one, one draw. Defender uh, uh, Arujo uh, gets a header in the 90th minute, the last minute of the match to tie against Valencia, a Valencia team without their best player in Carlos Soler, who went out. They're one of their two best players, Carlos Soler, who went out early in the first half with an injury. Barcelona, we are going to continue to see the downward spiral, spiral of Barcelona. It's uh, just read a, a report today that their their uh, their manager, Ronald Koeman, is, is absolutely on the chopping block. It's not a matter of if, but when. Uh, over the next uh, few weeks, what's being said is that the next international break that comes up, I think in two weeks, that Kuman is gone. Um, and Roberto Martinez, who's currently the coach of Belgium, the manager of the Belgium national team, the Belgian national team is the number one candidate for that role. So Bayern Munich is going to be Bayern Munich. They are Germany's giants. Uh, they are going to continue to, to field great talent. Thomas Muller is going to keep being Thomas Muller is a fantastic number 10. Um, Robert Lewandowski is going to continue to, to, to score goals at a crazy, ridiculous rate. He's a generational talent. Um, the young players that they have coming up are great. Leroy Sané that they, they bought from, uh, from Manchester City, Kingsley Coman. Um, Jamal Musiala is, is fantastic. And, uh, uh, and Alfonso Davies, I'm sorry, Alfonso Davies, I almost said Antonio Davies. Alfonso Davies uh, is great. Canada's best player right now. Uh, they have a unit. Leon Goretzka. Listen, they sold one of their best defenders, David Alaba. Couldn't come to an agreement with him, man. They still have a solid back line. Why? They got Dad Upamecano, super, super duper Upamecano, and, uh, 
and and Nicholas Sula. Those are two. You got two guys who are six three and taller playing on the back line, locking down. That's the equivalent, the basketball equivalent of having like the Twin Towers and David Robinson and, Twi- and Tim Duncan. I say all that to say this: not a surprising result, but it is definitely a sign of the times. Barcelona is no longer that team, and they probably won't be unless they clean stuff up over the next year or two or season or two. If not, we're going to see Barcelona fall from being top of the table to being a mid a mid table team and possibly missing out on European Cup competitions. With that being said, though, we're going to transition over to bring back, like we said. Mr. Watson's neighborhood. Manuel ended out the last uh, his last statements. Uh, and, and if you listen to Emmanuel talk, a lot of the time, our man will always bring up the betting lines at the end when he's after he's given you his analysis. We'll always bring up the betting lines. It's natural form. So do yourself a favor. Get some pen and paper or pull out your notes app and take down these these next uh, few uh, lines that he's about to throw out there. His next three picks. Because listen, y'all could make you a pretty penny on it. Mr. Watson, take it away. Yes, yes, indeed. Now, Mr. Watson neighborhood. Now, we're going to start off with, now, we're, don't tell me my list. Okay, yeah, let's start off with college. I I have Utah State, I love them, plus nine against Boise. That's one of my top plays. Another one, Notre Dame. That's plus six and a half against Wisconsin. It's this game is being played at a neutral site. Keep that in mind. In Soldier Field in Chicago. Chicago, there's a lot of Notre Dame fans in Chicago. So South Bend to Chicago is about like about 100, 150 miles away east of Chicago. So keep that in mind. This could be a home game for Notre Dame. Another one I like. I like. I like Arkansas plus five against Texas A&M. I love this. I love this line. Arkansas is playing on fire. A&M has been real inconsistent. Give me Arkansas plus five. And if Arkansas does lose, they're not going <laughs> to – A&M is not going to beat them more than five points. And I'm going to give a, a bonus one if you guys don't mind. I love Oregon. Minus 28 and a half. I know it's a huge line against Arizona, but please listen to me. This Arizona football team lost to NAU. I'm going to leave it at that. You said <laughs> NAU? No. Speak on it. Speak they, on they it. Lost to, they, lost on, they lost to NAU. They're 0-3. This football program is in shambles right now. Word, looking like UCLA low-key, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Please take Oregon minus 28 and a half. I know the line is big, but Oregon will, will win big on this one. I'm confident taking that, that big spread against uh <laughs> against a, a, a doormat right now in the Pac-12. So take Oregon minus 28 and a half. If you want to buy the hook by half a point, go ahead and feel free to do it. <laughs> now let's go to the NFL. Nah, side note before you move on to the NFL, Abe, I heard what you said. Don't 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 I don't start know what you're looking at shambles. I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, listen, 
Tell well, coach you, you're o taking to go away buy, from tell you're taking o, away from Mr. Watson's neighborhood. To go buy Why are you taking away fish, from Mr. Okay? Watson's Because that's the only win he's This is not your segment. This is not your segment. Baba Fouquet, take control and talk about your picture to the NFL. Don't let this man distract you. Okay. Don't let him distract you. Wow. <laughs> go, go on to the NFL, Mr. Watson. All right, we're going to NFL. Now, the Ravens do play the Lions on the road. I expect my Ravens to be focused, and I like them comfortably, minus eight. I don't think Detroit can stop that run game, especially with Aaron Jones having four touchdowns. And four touchdowns, you think Green Bay's running game is, 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 is better than Baltimore's? I expect I expect is Bell going to be ready for that game? You said who? Is Bell going to be ready for that Ravens game? Uh, even if Bell plays or not, I think Latavius is a better fit for that offense. Uh, hey, he, he is. He is. And, he and is. they got Tyson Williams. But yeah. Morris, he scored a touchdown against the Chiefs the, this, you, past, this past Sunday night, Sunday night game. So no matter what running back, they'll be fine. Oh, by the way, Devontae Freeman. Uh, he had a couple big runs in that game, by the way. We're just going to uh, keep that in mind. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you like the over-under total points? I feel like going to over with you guys. I like I like Ravens overs a lot this season. Right. So, Baltimore minus eight against Detroit. I know they're on a road. Baltimore's run game is going to be potent. I like that. Especially with Jeff Okuda, I think you can see some, some matchup uh, – uh, a matchup exploit with Mark Andrews. He can have a big game as well. Don't be surprised. Another oh, yeah. one. This is a big spread. The Washington football team, I'm taking them plus nine against the Buffalo Bills. Tyler, if Taylor Heineke does not make a mistake in this game, they're going to be in the game. Plus nine is a huge margin. A huge margin. With a, with, with a talented front, front four like that, they're going to keep them in the game. Yeah. Buffalo will win, but they're not going to beat the Washington football team more than nine points. Plus nine is high. That's high. I like, I like, I like this bargain right here with the Washington football team. Mm. Plus nine. Bills will win, but they ain't going to cover. Give me, give me Washington football team plus nine against the Bills. And I know you're going to hate me for this one. Uh, 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 Abe. All right, I'm canceling this hey, show. Rich, I'm ending Originally, this line was plus two Tampa. Now, it's minus a point and a half. A lot of the money is heading oh. towards Tampa. A lot of the money is heading towards Tampa. I've been paying attention to this line since Sunday night. Trust me on this. I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm taking Tampa minus five. As a matter of fact, I think Tampa went by four. If, if, this, if this line is over minus, minus three, do not take this one. It's a trap. Right now, I like it at a point and a half for Tampa, and I'm going to bet it. Tampa wins by four. Brady has his three or four touchdown passes. Brock has an amazing game. Hey, <laughs> Abe, are you okay? Hey, Abe, you look you look a little you look a little d- disheveled right now. Look, 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 look. Uh, look, I know we say. Uh, what I like to say is this: take everything with a grain of salt, right? Take everything with a grain of salt. So he feels as, in, as in right now, you salty. <laughs> he's, at that he's, no, just he, gave. he he added salt, not sugar, to this Kool Aid. But okay, all right, we're gonna. You know what? 
Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup is going to have their way because, as you know, look, Dallas and the Atlanta Falcons put up 25-plus on that so-called top defense in the league. Nah, uh, let's 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 cut that out right now. Let's 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 mm-mm, nah, mm-mm, nah. Mm-mm. That's all for my picks. But to me, it sounds like you guys like that Washington football team. Plus I nine. do like that one because it's like, yo, what is Buffalo showing us? I mean, they choked the game against the Steelers. Of course, they smacked a a a, a Dolphins team without Tua, which they knocked Tua out the game. Even if they had Tua, I still think that. Uh, they would have won big. But the Washington football team lost a very close game versus uh, the Chargers in week one. And honestly, I know it's the Giants, but it's a division game. Division games go either way. The teams like to play each other tough. And that one itself was another close game. I don't see them getting blown out. And nine points in football, is it's it's low-key inching blowout territory. I can see them losing by seven. I can see him losing by eight because they tried to go for a two-point conversion and failed. I don't see him losing by nine. Honestly, I feel like it'll be more like the five range if uh, if Washington were to lose game. So I'm going to take him plus nine for sure. See? <laughs> I, 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 hey, last week I said Tennessee, six and a half was the bargain, and they end up covering. I think plus nine with Washington is the bargain this week. That's so, my personal opinion. Here's, here's, here's one more question though um normally i don't like to bet on my own teams but when i do bet on the teams i usually go spread or over under do you think they go to over under in that rams uh bucks game i say over the overs hit in in both of tampa's first two games yeah yeah uh, what is it tampa has combined for about what 90 points yeah, I and, they've, and they've, the given up, they've given up almost 60. Right. Well, Tampa has some injuries, and obviously they're in talks uh, possibly getting Richard Sherman. I don't know if you guys heard that rumor. Yeah, uh, they're injured and going yeah. against this Rams offense that's not fully clicking yet. Here he goes. Man. I mean, look at Cooper look. Cup. He's just able to get open no Man. matter what the defense throws at him. He's just somewhere Man. open. I, I'm going to be Listen, honest. I like, I, I like this energy from you. Honestly, this Tampa Bay offense, I think it's just getting started. Tampa Bay offense really get, or Rams offense? Yeah, I think I think they're just getting started. Tampa Bay's offense just getting started. I thought they picked up where they left off. Nah, let's let's be let's let's be very honest, okay, with ourselves. This Tampa Bay offense right now is what we thought they would be last season, especially after they added Antonio Brown. Yeah, I think they are just getting started, and on any given Sunday. <laughs> They, or or Monday, they. You have what four receivers? You if you include Gronk in that equation, Jalen really hurt you. Can't not saying, anybody. and I'm not saying. Listen, I'm not saying the Rams is 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 trash. I'm not saying Jalen Ramsey is not that dude. Man, but he can only cover from, one. He can only listen, cover one. Man, that's a tough you, one. You need to clone him. You need to. You need to go ahead and get a keep to leave out of the commentary booth. We, get him back in the game. We just got to that, – that's, that's, uh, Aaron Donald and them are going to have to put pressure on Brady. It's the only way. Agree. Yeah. Aaron Donald needs to touch Tom Brady. I mean, but here's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Have you been watching Brady? Brady's, like, release time is, is better than it was previous seasons. Like, he could get – he could still get the ball out quick. It's just 
we we got to put up five strong seconds of of pass defense right. and yep. AD and Co need to at least be in his face within the first five seconds. Absolutely. It needs to, they need to be if it's not it's going to be a long day because I mean this Brady has seen our defense before and Brady of course with Belichick but Brady's still a great mind. He has dissected our defense, and he's bringing back one of the players who definitely had their way with us in Gronk. And it's Gronk is still looking just as solid as he was, as if he hadn't been going through injuries the last few seasons and whatnot, and he didn't just retire for a season. And then Antonio Brown is now with a clear head on his shoulders. Antonio Brown is still that dude, let's not forget. And you talk about, I can celebrate Cooper Cup in them, Antonio Brown can do what Cooper Cup does 10 times better because he's also faster than Cooper Cup. Antonio Brown knows how to get open, exploit the defense, and get more yards just like Cup, except faster. Then you have Godwin, who's always killed us, you know, especially when he's coming out the slot. And then Mike Evans at the end of the day. But, hey, Rams house. Who's I'm I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, though. Believe it or not, outside of Gronk, Antonio Brown gets as uh, pretty good red zone looks more than what people believe on those those short routes. So that's something that you have to keep an eye out on um, if Gronk is out of the picture in the red zone. Uh, Also, what I want to see from the Rams is obviously the pressure. Can Aaron Donald continue to have that pressure up the middle to give Brady that happy feel? Can he do it? That's going to be a, one of the biggest uh, X factors in the game. I do agree with you, uh, Abe, on that. And also, on the offensive side, I want to see uh, Deshaun Jackson get some more snaps in this offense. Uh, I feel like they should they should use him a little bit on the slot and, and uh, take some shots down the field, Abe, to be honest yeah, with you. McVay spoke on that. McVay said that he, he realizes he hasn't been um... – game planning for Deshaun is and that's going to change up and that's honestly going to be what helps us because like I said we we can celebrate Tampa Bay's offense and all the talent that they have there and yes they're bringing back their defense although they've had had some injuries the last two weeks Tampa Bay still is that defense is still very touchable yeah so you have Stafford with his security blanket and Cooper Cup who's a very reliable security blanket was very reliable for golf and it's just seamlessly transitioning for Stafford. You still have Robert Woods, who is that dude who could who's sneaky on the field. We they do have served. Deshaun Jackson. You know, we need him for one thing for that home run play. You know Stafford can get it to him if he's able to break one. Stafford just has to, we just have to prioritize some plays around Deshaun because you know he's gonna have, he's gonna at least break two or three in the game. And those are to be gonna be the times where Stafford bombs it to him. Then look. Daryl Henderson, even though he got hurt, he should be. Hopefully, he's good to go in uh, this game. Our run game has been somewhat better than expected. Uh, we really hoped it was going to take a positive step forward with Cam Akers just because of the, the talent and the versatility. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Um, he's out for the year. But we do have Daryl Henderson Jr., who's been doing a good work. And Sony Michelle, Sony Michelle has now come in and is, he's given us the, the ground game. He's helping supplement our ground game because you know he's not really a pass catcher like that Daryl Henderson is we're going to use him more in the past passing game if we need to but we can now run it a bit better and that's going to be super important to give to keep that defense honest 
um, and honestly to low-key force them to, to blitz some because you look at their game against the Cowboys, they was getting pressure without having to blitz often, and they were going against Dak, and Dak had himself a good game. So while Stafford can carve that, carve that defense up for sure because our guys will get open, hopefully – Hopefully our run game is is respectable enough in that game to force Tampa Bay uh, and them to be like, you know what, let's uh, top bowls and call like, okay, you know, let's start sending some. Let's start sending some. You start sending some, that's going to be good for Deshaun. That's going to be good for Woods. That's going to be good for Higby. Going to be good for Cooper Cup, especially Van Jefferson. Like, so I, I, I'm so hyped for this game because like I mentioned earlier, the next three games that the Rams play, is against the Bucks, the Cardinals, the Seahawks to show people that we are who we say we are. To go three and zero against that squad to start the season five and z- five and zero. Yes, we still got twelve more games of the season left, but that's a very strong showing about and and t- really tells you what our team can be as we continue to get our groove on. So I'm I'm hoping I'm I'm expecting a W. I'm you know of course I'm rooting for a W. I'm really excited for how this game goes. Here's my question as we wrap up. One word answer, y'all. Is is this matchup, Rams, Bucks, is this a preview of the Super Bowl? Is this the Super Bowl matchup? NFC Championship matchup? Yes. That's what I meant, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely, yes. As of right now, I have to say yes. NFC Championship matchup. Stay tuned, y'all. Stay tuned. And with that, that wraps another L. Emmanuel, you got anything? I was going to say, remember, health is the key in the NFC. Health and who's hot. Yeah. But- hey, hey, that's that's a nice little way to remember it. Health is the key in the NFC. Okay, okay. Man got bars, too. <laughs> Y'all, that concludes another episode of Osana Presents Games of the Week, y'all. Make sure, listen to all the way through. And if you didn't listen to anything else we said, pay attention to Mr. Watson's Neighborhood. Some great picks in there. And if you made y'all some money, do us a favor. You can hit us up at osa.apodcast at gmail.com. Also, check out everything else going on in the SSAW family at tssaw.com. Again, that's tssaw.com. And of course, we got our Twitter. Abe, what's the Twitter handle, man? The Twitter is Osa underscore Abe Podcast. The Twitter is Osa underscore Abe Podcast. So definitely pull up. Um, you know, we'll be live tweeting from that account. We love to interact with the fans, with, the, with our supporters. We're active on Twitter, so talk to us, talk to us. Talk to us. Talk nice to us, though. Be nice to us. With that being said, y'all know what it is. One thing, two words. Get that in your brain. Omo. Nice job.